Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. Before we get started with this episode, I want to send a special shout out to our first ever contest winner, Emily Duke, who ran, uh, <laughs> who won a free entry to run, one and run, folks, one and run, who won a free entry to run into the Trails Rock Ready Set Glow Race that's in Dryden Park in Victor, New York on October 10th. Uh, we'll put a link to the show notes so you can go check out the race and sign up. But honestly, this is a pretty cool race. It's five miles of fun and games in the dark. It starts at sunset. The trail and the runners are all lit up by various glowing objects. And it's at Dryden Park, which is twisty, turny, up and down, windy little trails. It's just, it's a blast. So um, go check out the race and uh, maybe you can find Emily at the race. I'm sure she'll be adorned in some sort of fabulous glowing menagerie of lights or something like that. And uh, now that we got our shout out to Emily out there, um, what else do we have here? Um, Yeah, (laughs) huge props to everyone taking on Virgil Crest Ultras this weekend. I'm personally hoping that uh, Team Kill All the Miles gets it done in the 100 mile relay. And I want to throw an extra large helping of best wishes to Sheila Egan as she heads to Virgil for her first, first ever 50 miler. Picked a heck of a 50 miler in Virgil. Uh, she's definitely put in all the work though, and uh, I'm sure she's going to have an awesome story to tell at the end of it. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, wink. We have one more huge race happening this weekend in our area, and that is the Rochester Half and Full and Relay this weekend. Um, it's a brand new course running through some pretty awesome parts of the city. Up north this time, instead of going east to west, we're going uh, north to south, and uh, there's going to be some awesome weather for it, and it looks like about, I don't know, almost 4,000 people running around out there so um i'm hoping that everybody has a great time and there's a lot of cool stories that come out of this i'm especially hoping that friend of the show davin oskvig has a great race and comes out smiling in the end and i'm also hoping that my close personal friend lexi miller has a great run on sunday maybe with some of her friends from the uh why not group out in victor I'm sure there's going to be lots of laughs and smiles with that group as they come across the finish line one by one. And I really hope to be there to uh, be clapping and cheering as they each come across. Okay, so now this is it. This is the show and the guest that you've been asking and eagerly awaiting for all these long 11 episodes. Uh, Finally, I interview Emily Forsberg on her amazing victory at Run the Rut in Montana. Well, actually, no. Uh, But this is an episode that a few of you have requested. Jeff Green interviews me, me, there it is, uh, about Twisted Branch, 
with Laura and absolutely no one else in the room. So Jeff and Laura and me talking about Twisted Ranch. We talk about why, how, and uh, with whom uh, I ran the race. We talk about trail etiquette and finding your happy place in the uh, 14th hour of a run. And we even touch on my uh, amazing fashion sense when I'm on the trail. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, if not, well, just remember, you asked for it. And with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings, even feelings of Rochester, New York runners. Hey, you want to just go? It's your show, man. Okay, all right. So, here we are, two weeks after Twisted Branch. You're here, alive, still. At Green, Green Studios. Yep, Greenhouse Studios. Laura's here, she's alive. Hi. Um, <laughs> I'm here. I'm alive, for better or for worse. And no one else is here. No one else is here. Um, that's it. Only three people in the room, uh, and my dog. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess I'm. I'm just. Wow, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> it's Sorry. it's thirty one questions. <laughs> I I am I am. 100% positive we will not get through all of them. I'm not going to look. We're not going to... Oh, I mean, if you want to cheat, that's fine. But um, So, okay. So, just first thing, just jumping right into it. Um, the I think the, the biggest thing about your experience at Twisted Branch was that it was your first ultra competition. And before you had signed up, even, you... Um, you had never run an ultra before. You had done Sega Honda once or twice, a couple times. Uh, I guess once I when you signed did up. I once, yeah. yeah. Um, so my, the thing that I was most curious about is what that was like signing up for Twisted Branch without ever having done an ultra before. Point to point, difficult, you know, even, even before we understood what the course looked like, it looked difficult. Um, so what, what was that decision like for you? and? Uh, how did you get there? Um, so I I had run that that spring. I ran the Rochester Marathon in September. The you know about this time actually in September, and then I was originally I was signed up to run the New York City Marathon. I was just going to do a fall fall marathon, and I was going to do New York City raise money for Action for Healthy Kids. That was going to be my fall marathon. Um, but then I signed up for, um, I was signed up for the Fleet Feet Golden Bib thing, which is like run all of their races. Um, and when they, it didn't include the Rochester Marathon. Okay, so not so, all of their races. Well, they didn't own the Rochester Marathon at the time. Oh, yes. So you bought the Golden Bib and you did everything. And then like a month and a half after I did that, they announced, well, hey, you can get into the Rochester Marathon as well because we just bought it. And I was like, ah, okay, well, I, who's the dummy that turns down a free marathon? And I was like, well, they're six weeks apart, so that's perfectly fine. So I ran those two, and I was like, I decided to make Rochester the goal marathon because it was first, and I worked my butt off for a 341. That's what I got, I think 341.40, something like that. 
my goal was 340, but whatever. It was it was hard, and I didn't really like running so fast on the road for so long. And then after I ran New York City six weeks later, that was like my kind of ticker tape. You know, I was just, I walked through water. Victory lap. Yeah, I yeah. just had fun. I'm walking down the streets of New York City for 26 miles. Um, and after that, yeah. I thought, was, well, it was kind of neat. Um, and then I was like, well, I'm sort of done with road marathons after that. Like, that was my last one, I'm pretty sure. Unless I go to, like, some crazy destination, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm at Big Sur. I'm not going to turn down running Big Sur exactly. road marathon. Um, but I was like, okay, well, that's, that's that. Um, I want to run, and it was always easier to run on trails and fun to run on trails, mentally easier and everything. And I'm like, well, I'm certainly not going to run Sega Honda in 341, but let's, let's go. My, I sort of made this decision to go farther instead of faster. That's, that's really what it came down to. And there's not a whole lot of trail marathon distances, right? There's Sega Honda. At the time, there wasn't Ontario Summit. Mm-hmm. No, there was Ontario Summit because I was signed up for that too. Okay, but so that, that was very very new at that point. Right. It, yeah. I had it hadn't been run. It was just signed up. So, anyways, I, I in the short, I guess I just decided to go farther instead of faster. And then I was thinking, well, you know, Cayuga, it's in Ithaca, and I was thinking Virgil. Virgil seems like a lot of fun, you know, and everybody had run it and was just raving about it. Were you thinking of the 50-miler for that one? Yeah. Okay, so not... Not the 100, because that's <laughs> that's for dumb people. <laughs> really strong, dumb people. Mm. Um, but I, I was... And then Twisted Branch was announced, and I think it became like... For like two straight days, I just kept thinking, if I pass this up, I'm going to be so upset that I passed it up simply because I was afraid that it was too far or too hard or whatever. And if I want to run this far, why why am I afraid of this race? I don't know any of these races. So, you know, being afraid of it kind of, I was afraid of any ultra I was going to sign up for. And this one just sounded that so much about it sounded super cool. You know, I'm like, my wife and I are the, we're the Sunday drivers when we go down that area. You know, we stop at all the rest stops and the overlooks and like, you know, especially before we had kids, like let's just stop there and hang out for a few minutes and look at the overlook. And so to think of being able to just cross that whole distance on foot and see it from a different perspective. And plus, I mean, the, the first time and knowing that it was crazy and thinking there might not be a second time for the race, like I had, had to get into it, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, and especially you're not gonna get through all 31 of your questions. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> certainly not. I have, uh, you know, they're, they branch off depending on how the interview goes, <laughs> based on how we're feeling and stuff. No, I just, I, yeah. So the long answer was it sounded really friggin' cool. Yeah. Like it just sounded cool and there wasn't something I wanted to miss, even though, yeah, reasonable people should be scared of 100K. But I think after two days of my wife listening to me going, she was like, just go do it. Just go and do it. Stop (laughs) bothering me. (laughs) Sign up for the race. So there you go. That's good. And that's that's, uh, very similar to how I felt when I signed up too. Um, I think it it was the first ultra I signed up for as well. And a lot of it was, you know, not sure what it was going to be like, but just how how cool it was was uh, a big driving factor. 
So now that now that you've run the race, um, how do you, how do you prefer to experience that area? Do you prefer the Sunday drive or do you prefer the Saturday death march? I uh, I enjoy the Saturday version. I think the Sunday version is over too quick. You know, you don't really get to enjoy the Sunday version unless you purposely stop and you hang out. And now with two five-year-old kids, like, it's usually getting to the destination, you know. As sometimes. fast as possible. Yeah, oftentimes. Like, if things are going well, you hang out for a little bit. Like, we really started stopping at Buttermilk Falls when we make our way down to Ithaca because we're like, okay, let's just get out of the car and let's go to the trail. <laughs> let's just go. <laughs> but it's not, it's not so much, like... Um, it's completely different. Like when you're when you're traveling that area, you're going somewhere. I think yeah, with Twisted Branch, you're going somewhere, but you know you're not getting there anytime soon. So you might as well just enjoy it. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So um, we we had uh, several uh, several big uh, events leading up to Twisted Branch. Uh, I, I don't want to harp too much on the on the road to get there, uh, even though I probably should. Um, but what for you stood out as uh, kind of like the point where you felt that you were ready to to tackle this thing? Uh, it was about quarter to 11 on Sunday night on August 29th. <laughs> I, as after I crossed the road at the finish line, I felt like, okay, I could probably do this. But uh, before that, I don't, I don't know that so, I was ever... Yeah, leading up to it, through the I race, it was... No, I don't think I was ever... I had said, even after when we were all going into our last long run that weekend for that last long run, you know, and I had a 50K on the training plan, and I'm like, I don't... I, I've done two 50Ks, and neither one of them completely filled me with confidence, and both of those were on the trail. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, on the actual course. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I didn't leave either one of those going, like, the switch flipped. And I'm mm -hmm. like, so I need to do something more than 50K. So I did Mosquito, and I did 41 in, like, 9 hours and 20 minutes. And everybody's like, that's it. You're ready. And I'm like... Yay. <laughs> you know, like... I'm glad you think so. Yeah, I was like, only a marathon left. <laughs> yes. And, um, I mean, I, that did make me feel better knowing, like, just knowing how I felt the next day, knowing the recovery, knowing the pace I went and stuff. Um, I think the confidence did slowly grow each time. Knowing, knowing the people I was running with, knowing, like... I don't know, knowing that I ran Ontario Summit with some of the people we ran with. And, you know, um, when, when you and I are running together after I just raced a marathon, you know, the, the weekend before, mm -hmm. I was totally gassed at the end of that marathon, right? And then the next weekend, I'm on a course and everybody's telling me how well I'm doing and it's a harder course than the one I just ran. And, you know, just getting encouragement from everyone. And they're going, boy, you look good, even though you, you know, I'm, I'm like, I know you're all lying, but thank you very much. <laughs> um, I think the confidence grew. Each time that I was able to run with the group and see everybody else getting better and then sort of secondarily realizing that, wait, I must be getting better too because I'm running with them. You know, I think that was important. Um, I think the day after we ran... The Ontario Summit preview, and you guys, you just jumped out of the car and just did. Jeff just did a spur of the moment 50k out of the car. 
like, let me go get a gel and I'll be good to go. <laughs> and then Laura ran the 50K and then the next day she's out on the course, you know, um, we're doing what, 15 miles or something the next day at Menden. Mm -hmm. And Laura's just crushing it. And I'm like, oh, I did 18 the day before and she did 50K and 15. And I'm like, I need that. Like, I need to do more of that in order to feel good about what I'm about to do. So I don't know that it ever was instantly there. You know, and I think even if I run next year, I'm still going to be going there with a little bit of trepidation, you know. Yeah, it's, and that, when you get to that, that point, that distance on a course like that, you know, it just, uh, the, the day can get you, you know. Right, and so each of you ran 50 milers, right? Yes. Laura, you ran Cayuga. Mm -hmm. After you finished Cayuga, were you like, all right, Twisted Branch, come on? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done a preview yet. Right. at that point so no, no. <laughs> and what about you Jeff you we did a preview and then I think the next week you did FL 50 um yeah yeah um so you just did a 50k knock out 50k then go run a 50 miler plus a Jerix yeah yeah so yeah we all had I mean pretty much all summer what we did was just weekend after weekend of super huge, hard stuff huge, huge weekends yeah um which I think I think went a long way to prepare all of us for, for that, uh, for that endeavor. But, um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know how much it did for our confidence, I guess, but, um, whether we knew it or not, definitely we were, I think we were getting stronger over the course of the, the summer. Yeah. And I, I didn't know it at the time, but I, I do think like we took on, took on bigger things because well, because Mike told us to, but also I think because we were all doing it. Like, I, I, there were runs that I did that I was like, oh, really? That's what they're doing? <laughs> all right, let's go. You know? And the solidarity. I did it, right? I did it yeah. at the end, and I'm like, oh, like, hey, look at that. I can do that thing that those people knew they could do, you know? And that was, that was really huge. Yeah. And yeah, I guess sometimes it just takes... Um, even if the, the person making the suggestion doesn't know if they can do it or not, you know? Yeah. Just having other people around, uh, you know, just to have someone there with you can help. <laughs> someone there to tell you that you're being a big giant baby and keep running. Yeah. That's, that's extremely yeah. helpful. That, it is, it is. And, you know, they don't, they don't even have to tell you so much with words. No, no, they just... They just leave you behind and they're like, oh, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta keep up. <laughs> So that's my ride. Yeah, I can either uh, keep up with those guys or spend a few nights out here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then moving on just towards uh, towards the race, um, we camped out Ontario County Park uh, the yeah. night before. That was fun. Huh? Did you know when you reserved your campsite that it was going to be full to the brim with filthy no. drifters no um no in fact i reserved it like three days before and i was like uh, it, because what happened was i had always had this plan to sleep in my car right like that's what i was going to do because i didn't have to take down a tent right and then everybody was like oh you're dumb and then as the day got closer everybody's like that's a pretty pretty good idea <laughs> and all i could think of all these cars like parked in ontario county park with a bunch of people sleeping in them mm -hmm. and the uh the park people going like really this is what we got to put up when we have a race and um so i was just like you know i'll, I'll get a campsite just to see and then i was like hey, you know and it just happened 
and I think it's the best possible thing that could have happened. I think that night was that night was just really neat. Everybody, everybody just at the right level, you know, like yeah. just relaxing, hanging out. I mean, some people were playing frisbee and trying to break ankles and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, Laura's kicking frisbees as they <laughs> yeah, fly right. out of the stratosphere. Stopping them with her shins, like, oh, this is totally fine. <laughs> now I think we know where the cramping came from. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think, but it was neat. We had a little fire, right? And um, Kendra's uh, Kendra's whole family showed up, right? And um, Gwen, we didn't. Yep. I didn't ever get to meet Gwen, so spending time with Gwen, and then Scotty Jacobs being next to us, yep. and his family Came being over. there, and yeah. hanging out with the kids while they're you know playing around, throwing sticks in a fire, and everything. Yeah. It was exactly, I think, the thing that I needed to not sit around and go. I got to get ready for this race. I got to wake up in the morning. I got to do it. I gotta, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Because if I'm sitting in that campsite by myself, like, what am I doing? Uh. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I think, um, again, same thing, uh, or a similar idea to uh, having people to do crazy running stuff with. You know, it, it kind of grounds you a little bit. You don't, you're not able to get inside your head and panic at all, yep. which I'm really good at doing before races as well. So Yeah. One thing I did not know was, because they said they were all full with, tent sites were all filled, mm -hmm. so we got an RV site. And the thing I did not know was how far away the RV sites yes. were from where the tent sites were. Because if you remember, every time we were at OCP or any time we went for anything up there, you pull into the parking lot right there and you drove past all the tent campers. When we went to the RV spot, I'm like, there's no tent campers here. The start line's not here. You know, and and everybody else was camping at the other side. So I have no idea what their experience was like on the other side of the park. Right. I didn't know that we were pretty much in no man's land, you know. But we must have been almost, what, like three quarters of a mile? Yeah, how, far, how far were we, Laura? <laughs> oh, I didn't put my, turn my GPS on yeah. for that. <laughs> but you were doing a four-minute mile, and would it take you three minutes to get there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was kind of far, but I mean that was again a little bit of serendipity, right? Like Scotty was over there as well, and we went. I wouldn't have met Scotty that night, you know. And I think maybe it would have been slightly more crowded instead. Like we were the crowd, so that right. was kind of neat. Right. Yeah, that was. It was definitely nice to uh, uh, to have everyone there. You know, get to meet a bunch of the people and. Yeah. And I've never been in a campsite where everybody went to bed at 9 o'clock. Like, oh, yeah. That's, 9 o'clock yeah. came, and everybody's like, gotta go. See ya. Bye. <laughs> yeah, gotta go. You know, there's not the two people at the fire going, come on, let's party. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are sissies. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, we go to bed. You slept in your car. You had... Um, Logistics issues with your mattress. It was too long for your car. Yeah. How did that work out? Did Same you... thing. Like for Mosquito, my air mattress was a little bit too long and I had to sleep on the slope. This time I went down to my Big Agnes camping pad and that was too long so I had to fold it. Overall, I mean, it, it worked. I went on the diagonal and things worked, but... Do you feel this affected your performance the next day? It, it's exactly the reason. I mean, that's yeah. the main thing. Okay. It, it had nothing to do with the trail. It had nothing to do with the length of the course or the difficulty. I mean, it was the fact that I didn't get a great night's sleep. Yeah, that's it. 
See, that's pretty much what I expected. I, uh, I watched you while you were running. I could see the, the circles under your eyes, and I knew yeah, uh, that's yeah. going to be it's trouble. It's completely unfair. I, I think, you know, the next time, bed and breakfast, probably, you know, feather pillows. Yeah. Yeah. Lessons. Lessons learned. <laughs> Lessons learned. I thought I had it on lockdown. I mean, it's my car. It's the, you know. It's, it's never failed it's, you. It's got locks on it. Nobody else has a key. I thought yep. that would, no. It's got a nice big hatchback. You'd think there would be enough space. Maybe your car just has to stuff up its game a little bit. Push the seats forward, maybe something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, maybe. I think a van, the Lopata van. I think that's what we need. Yeah. The, the child snatcher van. <laughs> the child snatcher van. <laughs> just paint it white. You know, yeah. just paint it plain. It comes with, like, you know, a nice coat of paint, but just. You know, paint it white. Paint it white, rust it up a little bit. Keys and having no windows on the sides. Yes. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was. I think it worked. Um, I mean, but I don't know. Laura took down her tent and wasn't a problem. I don't know why I thought like, oh my god, I don't want to deal with a tent in the morning. I take my tent. I actually <laughs> dealt with my tent because I brought it for Dave. I put it right. Yeah. <laughs> I put it up. I took Dave took it down, but. Um, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's two poles and a piece of canvas. I don't know why I made a big deal out of it. I think it's, I was, it's just one more thing to do in the morning. Yeah, right? I think I was innovating. I was innovating beyond need. Whatever. Fair enough. Okay, so you get up, you get out of your car, crawl out, um, get to the starting line somehow, one way or another. Um, I drove. You I drove. Decided, I decided I didn't need a warm-up run. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> probably good. Um, so know. we go uh, ready, set, go, and we're off, right? What goes through your mind as you're crossing the starting line? <clears throat> um... This is pretty fast, but it's not fast at all, but it's still too fast. You know, the idea, I kept thinking that thing, you know, like if you're going too, um, if you feel like you're going too fast, then you are going too fast. But, um, I don't know. Other than that, it was like, oh, the, it's nice temperature. It's dark. Boy, I wish it would get light soon because this running downhill in the dark is not great. Um, I think that's the first the first stretch I kept thinking that like boy sun sun would be great a little bit of sunrise And then I thought oh, there's Laura right up ahead of me. Oh, and there's Jeff. Wow. Look at Jeff run up that hill really fast <laughs> He's he's going ahead of us. Okay. Well, that's neat. You know He's feeling it today. Um, but yeah, he's feeling something. <laughs> it was sheer terror. That's what, that's what I was feeling <laughs> Panic panic. Yes, um so I guess that was it. I was really happy that we kept ending up with each other. I thought that that was really neat. It was just, that was fun for me. Um, we were running down in the beaver pond and, and this, uh, this one guy in front of me was like, oh my God, there's roots here. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah? So, yeah. So I was just like, yeah, there's, uh, we're, there's gonna be a lot of roots coming up. <laughs> we'll have to cross several routes, probably at least a dozen more before we finish. <laughs> but it, it was, that was the thing, I wasn't thinking, I, I don't think I was thinking anything about how hard it was going to be. I don't, I don't know. Just moment to moment kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't think I ever thought about like, oh boy, that's hour one. You know, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that ever like entered. Is that kind of, is that usual for you in races where you just, um, like, you'll be thinking a lot at the start of the race, and then once the gun goes off, or when Scott says go, um, you kind of just, like, you can't think further than, like, four or five steps ahead. I try not to. 
Um, I try to like just think about the moment. Like I try to just be like, am I, what's going on? Am I doing things right? Am I doing things wrong? Like, is that hurting because I'm doing something wrong or is that hurting because I'm not thinking, I try not to think about, oh, that started hurting. It's going to be hurting for a long time. I, tr I try not to do that. Um, there are times when I'll get into that pattern of looking and going, oh, 10 miles to go. Ugh, nine miles to go. Um, but I don't, I don't like that way of thinking, and I, I, it's not natural for me to think that. Oftentimes I think, like, only eight miles left, that's all I get, and then I'm done? Like, it, it's really like, oh, man, this is almost over um, most of the time. But so How about this time? Ontario Summit, gel center climb, the second time? There were no positive thoughts. <laughs> there were no, there was no positive but thoughts. What percentage of your internal monologue was expletives? Is there a percentage bigger than 100? Because I... <laughs> sure, and this, the only limit is your imagination. Yeah. And, and if ow is uh, an expletive, then it was all. Ah, okay, gotcha. gotcha. Um, yeah, so I, I try not to do that, though. And I didn't do a lot of that in the first half of... Um, Twisted Branch. I didn't do a lot of that at all. Um, it was just, it was actually very fun. Um, it was like a neat little adventure and like, who am I going to see next? And when is that person going to pass me? Because I know I just passed them and they're going to pass me in a minute. And like, we would just, you know, that was part of the day. And mm -hmm. it was, it was a fun little adventure for the most part. You, you know, you're going to be out there all day. Right. Like, go ahead, run faster. Do, fine. If you want, you're going to run slower eventually, but you're out there all day. What are you going to do? What's the difference between 13 and 15 when it's hour one or hour two, you know? So. That's good. Mm, it's something. Yes, it's something. That's, that's, that's <laughs> At good. least it's an ethos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, over the course of the day, or actually, I'll just let you. So um, if you want to take me through. Um, the race, you know, however, however you want to uh, tell me about it, but like, how did the day go for you overall, generally? Um, things went swimmingly. Um, almost everything, well, two things went horribly wrong. Um, my knee stopped working at about mile 30. That stunk. Um, just dragged that for 35 miles. Um, but, um, yeah, and poops, you know, far too many poops. <laughs> Yeah, would, it, would you stop like five times or something? Oh, seven. Seven? Seven, seven times. That's, yeah. That's pretty pretty much every aid station with a porta potty plus one. So. Nice. Yeah. One actually left, and I said, hey, that's the first aid station in poop at. And then had to go back to it. <laughs> you <laughs> jinxed yourself. You almost um, got away with it. I don't know what happened. That's that almost, that's not a thing for me. Seven times in a day? No, not a thing. Um, but it became a thing. So, do you think you'll you'll continue this trend moving forward? Did you did you <laughs> like? Is that going to be part of your racing strategy now? I don't believe so. If that's the case, I'm going to go back to five k's, ten k's. <laughs> I can't I can't handle it. How many times did you poop this morning during the race? None, none. I ran eight miles. Uh, I don't know, seventy five thousand vertical feet. I think something like that. No, I think poops. it was seventy five hundred thousand. If something, I mean, but no poops. No, okay. everything's fine. Nice. Works works according to plan. I have no. I don't know. Danielle Snyder blames it on the fig bars that I was eating. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I've eaten the fig bars before on the preview runs. Not as many, but um, never had problems on the preview runs. The 50k fig bars, not a problem. Six you miles. Stop to poop on the preview runs though. Six miles, preview runs. The six miles with the during the race issues. I don't know. So those two things were the only two things really on my nerves. Um, I hit 50k right where I thought I would want to hit 50k, like right about just over seven hours. Mm -hmm. Hey, there you, that's where you want to be. Yep. Like, um, and then it took me 11 more hours for 11 and a half more hours for the next 50k. Yeah. Yeah, the back half definitely was uh, quite potent, uh, especially after doing the first half. Which is oftentimes how you get to the back half by doing the first half. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> not how we did it the first time. No, it's not. We did it. We did the little flip flop. You know, the do the we back did the half back and then the front first, half. which I think worked out well. Yeah, because maybe we, if we could somehow <laughs> do it the other flip way. it the other way. Yeah, actually, people were talking about that. Um, I think Mursak mentioned um, every year uh, flipping the course. That's so, what I said to Scott. I think that would be really cool. Like, yeah. Similar to like hard rock style. Do exactly. backwards, forwards. Hammondsport to Ontario kind of Yeah, climb. and either way, you end at a super cool place. Yes. Like, although, I don't know, the climb up to OCP might would be, be worse. Would be a nightmare. Might although, be, not be Mount Washington. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know if it would be worse than Mount Washington. Right, exactly. <laughs> Definitely, I don't think it would be worse yeah. in Mount Washington. Um, so that's good. But it is right at the finish. You know, you have all those miles. Mm -hmm. and then. Um, but but yeah. I, I do think that that would be... I, I don't know what kind of logistics would be involved in having it go the other way. Um, but I don't know. I think that would be kind of neat. Although I've gotten quite accustomed to going the way we've gone. <laughs> That's right. Because if remember, it's uh, net downhill the way that we ran it. That's true. 11,000 so, uh, uh, drop and 10,000 gain. Right? Yeah, so going the other way, flip, it's another 1,000 feet of climbing. Which I had no problems with, so... I, I That's right, you felt better on the climbs, right? Is felt it... great on the climbs. Swell, even. Swell, wow, that's... <laughs> I think better than most people can say. Good for yeah, you. well, that's when I passed everyone. I passed everyone on the climb. We oh. get to the top of the hill, and then that's when everybody passed me back. Like, would you consider yourself a master climber? No, no, okay. not at all. Because, <laughs> because the people up front were climbing obviously far better than me. I was, I was able to climb. Okay. <laughs> so I'm an able climber. I guess climbing climb. acolyte, perhaps. Uh, acolyte enthusiast. And mm, mm, able, able. enthusiast. Okay, yeah. I was excited when there was a climb. I was, except for when I realized that at the top of the climb there was probably a downhill. Less excited about that. Rough. But I had sticks. Sticks worked. Walking backwards worked. Walking sideways That's right. worked. That's interesting. Oh well, lost the history. Okay, fair enough. Moving on. Yeah, I'll just cut that whole part out. All right, sweet. Where are you gonna Where are you gonna cut it? I don't know. I'll figure right it here. out. Probably in the beginning. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the next thing that I'm interested in is um, low points for you, dark places. Um, you know, can't talk about ultras without talking about them. Did they happen to you? Where did they happen? What happened? <sighs> Mile, 
So I, I really count the like the real dark point being just after like maybe mile 51, 52 ish. Um, but I think there was probably a little one before that. Like I just started, I don't know. So we went in the Bud Valley and Bud Valley's happy and joyous, right? And that's like, you know, the rallying point and everybody feels great and I felt great. And yep. Um, Pick up your pacer. You know, yeah, well, good. and, and uh, Riley came up and completely gave me this giant squeeze, and um, that was cool, cool, and I actually didn't feel my knee completely throbbing at that point, <laughs> which was really exciting. Um, and then, you know, Liam was there, and Summer handed me a burrito, and I didn't eat it, and I was like, oh. she carried this burrito all the way from Rochester. She brought it. She hands it to me, and I just, no, I don't want it. And I was like, well, that's really crappy. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't. And she's like, that's fine. Just bring it to the next day station. And my friends were there, um, the cows. That was really exciting. <laughs> I was wondering for the whole first seven hours of this, eight hour, 12, nine hours of this race, who the heck are the cows? Because they're holding up signs with my name on them. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, 52, guess who? And I'm like, screw you, I have no idea. <laughs> and then I would think about that for a while, and that was neat, because it was usually on a giant climb. And then I would get down to the downhill, and then it, Aid station would be there, and I'd be like, wow, that went by fast, you know, because mm -hmm. thinking about these dumb cows. Um, and then they were there, and that was all exciting. And then, so I started running out of the, um, take another poop, start running out of the aid station with Dave, and Dave's like, so how you feeling? And I was like, Bleh. and I just like unloaded, I'm feeling terrible, everything sucks, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And I thought like I was like giving him an assessment, and really I was just like, just being angry. And he's like, well, mm -hmm going up this hill pretty well, just keep doing that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm halfway up the hill, let's keep going. And so that point, like I kind of realized, okay, well, you're just sitting there whining to yourself, stop whining to yourself. So that was neat. Um, then 10 miles later, that was when like the, the it wasn't a, like a mental, it was like, yeah, it was mental because he's saying things and I'm not like hearing him or paying attention and mm -hmm. I'm just running. Um, but it got, yeah, I got a little bit of just a little tunnel vision where all I could really see was the three feet where my foot was landing. You know, like, okay, my foot's going down right here and there's no roots, so I could put it right there. And then the next foot, okay, and I didn't see any trees around me or anything. It's just kind of like, uh, um, that was kind of crappy. Um, and I was pretty sure that I wasn't making very much progress at all. Um, and then you know, Dave starts asking weird things about countries and eh, are all the aid stations country themed? And I'm like, what? He's like, I saw a sign for Ireland. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and like, my patient has gone crazy. Yeah, he's like, I saw a sign for Ireland. And I'm like, um, and he's like, and that aid station back there was all decked out in Italy. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, whatever, <laughs> sure. And I was just like, I was completely oblivious. And um, I was like, that's probably a sign for somebody's camp or something. I don't know, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going on. Um, and then we got to the aid station. It was like pub 54. And I'm like, I still hadn't even put it together. And he's like, oh, and they're like, welcome to Ireland. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine, whatever. And I just sat down. It's further than I thought. I just, I just sat down in this chair and that's, that was it. Like, I was like, uh... I had no idea who was, I don't remember the people that were there or anything. Scott McGee's sister was there. Yeah. yeah. She was very nice. She was by very all nice. accounts. Yeah. Um, 
I, uh, I, at one point, like, I'm just sitting there, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of in this race. And I look up, and there's Mike Bray, like, directly across from me. I'm like, I didn't hear him. Was he there when I sat down? I have no idea. And Dave's like, eat this, eat this, do this, do that. And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> and um, he handed me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I, I like, touched my lips and I was like ah, and I threw it and I'm like well that was jerk ass thing to do <laughs> like why would you throw it just there's ah. so anyways yeah and I put my head back in my hands again and I'm like ah and I got this like huge shake like all the way up me and I was like I gotta go and like as soon as this shake like it started in my calves went up my whole body and like came out my head it's like reverse lightning strike and I'm like right. I gotta get up if I don't get up now, it's all done. That's it. Because another one's going to come, and that's it. I'm like, come on, Dave, let's go. And he's like, already? And I'm like, yeah, we, we're going right now. He's like, all right, cool, let's go. You know, he's all excited, like, because he thinks I'm motivated or something. Yeah, and we get about a halfway down that trail, and I'm like, yeah, well, time to pull off the side of the trail there. Um, so he patiently, you know, waited for me. And then I felt great. I felt really good after that for um, mentally, like everything was back, ready to go. I don't know what happened, but mentally everything was fine, positive. I was just a little bit angry. I kept thinking like, man, it's so late. Man, those kids are going to be cranky staying up this late. <laughs> They're going to be miserable. Um, but I was like, well, you know, let's go. Let's run. I feel great. And then there would be a downhill. And I'm like, then I'd start cursing because I couldn't run the downhill. But as we were leaving um, that aid station, somebody had asked, like, do you want a headlamp? We got two extras. And, of course, dumb me was like, no, I don't need a headlamp. I'm going to get going. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, Dave, grab one of those headlamps. This might be slower than we think. Mm -hmm. And that turned out to be really great. But I was just, I was like, I started getting angry because I wanted to run. I knew I could run. And when there was an uphill, I, nothing hurt going uphill. Nothing. Just ran. Walk power hiked, whatever it might be at that point. If the grade was not negative, I was going. Um, but just hitting even a little slight downhill completely stopped me in my tracks. And I was like so frustrated by that. And I continued to let myself get frustrated by that. And Dave just kept saying, that's fine. You're making it up on the uphills. You're making up the time on the uphills. You're doing great. And I'm like, nobody makes time going uphill. <laughs> like, <laughs> But, you know, he was doing his thing. Like, he, he did a great job. And then he would be like, um, we'd have to, so we'd get to it, we'd finish a, a climb or something, and we'd start getting to a downhill. And, and I was like, oh, I think I need to find some sticks. And Dave would go run and find a stick and be like, this one right here, pick up this one, and pick up that one. And, you know, then he would break them in half for me. And so he started breaking off little trail <laughs> sticks for me and everything. And then at one point, I'm pretty sure I was so pathetic. He starts going in front of me in the trail, and he's, like, kicking rocks off the trail. He's, like, clearing the trail for me. And I'm just like, all right, man, sure, thank you. I guess I'll walk backwards down this trail because there's no rocks anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, that was... So a lot of the, a lot of the problems you faced were um, frustration with, with how your body was... Uh, uh, yeah. behaving and acting and um, maybe a little um, just mental mental fatigue. And I had a little bit of mental fatigue at one point, but I think overall 
I probably came out okay on that side. I got, my frustrations were like, yeah, I mean, I guess they're typical, right? You expect your body to do more and you, you're like ready to go and some part of your body's like, nah, not, not right. today, buddy, I'm taking a break. So I, I mean, overall, what happened? Like, I had a cranky knee, you know, the whole time and that's what, that's what I was dealt that day. And so I, I spent a little too much time, like just thinking about, man, if my knee worked, boy, <laughs> I'd be so much faster right now. When in reality, if my knee worked, something else wouldn't have worked, you know, like. Sure. But it sounds like, um, that Dave was, uh, a big part of, uh, keeping you going, keeping you motivated and pulling you out of those. Uh, yeah. He kept he kept saying that he he kept saying that he wasn't. And, well, that's that's and what I don't, he's gonna say. And I don't think like, I mean, would it have been terrible if he wasn't there? Yes, it would have been terrible. Um, I don't think I got into that like pit of despair where I thought like I can't do this. I was frustrated. I think that I couldn't do it as well as I wanted to, but I never got to the point where I was like, okay, that's it. I'm a giant horrific failure and I can't do this. But Dave was always great to remind me that I was, in fact, doing it. Like, he would always just be like, there it is, you're doing it, see? You know, like, you're doing exactly what you want to do. And I'm like, you know. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I hate that you're so right right now. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, um, but anyway, he was like, dude, I've only run 10 miles and you're crushing me on this uphill. I'm like, oh, thank you. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> but yes, that means a lot to me at this point, but thank you. You know, like, yeah, it was so, it was weird. But I knew, like, that was the, the right person to run with. I think we had crossed paths with somebody um, whose pacer, I believe, was her husband. And he would, like, I, he would, like, run up ahead of her and be like, how fast can you get to me? And, like, he was doing things like that or... You know, he would. It's like I don't know. Questionable tactic. You know, maybe you know if it works for some people. Well, that's what I said to Dave. I go, maybe that's maybe that's the agreement they had, mm -hmm. and he was like really, I don't know. He was really like type A kind of, you know. She's fourteen, fifteen hours into this thing, and he's like, go get it, crush it, and maybe that was their agreement. But I just said to Dave, I'm like. You know, yeah. I'm like, right. I'm, it's, it, I just said, it's really important to match a pacer with your goals. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think that was, that was key. Yeah. I think you, you did a, a really good job with that. Dave's, uh, not only is a good friend of yours, but he's just a great guy all around. Yeah. He's, uh, I think very, uh, receptive to what people might need at any given time. Well, and he's, he's got that idea to like, kind of sense the situation, you know what I right. mean? Like when he handed me a, a handful of chips and I go, you got um, enormous hands. There's no way I can eat all those chips. And so he took out like three chips and handed them to me. <laughs> like, how do you fit so many chips in your hand? And he didn't say anything. He just like handed me three chips and moved on. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So um, so it's clear he played a, a, a significant role anyway uh, in, uh, in helping you finish up. I think so, yeah. I you know I mean you, you, that whole hindsight is twenty twenty thing. I don't think applies here. Like, what would I have done differently without him? 
a lot of things, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know, but it was the right choice for the right time. It was, yeah, it worked. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you crossed the finish line, yep. right? And and that's the thing. Like at the and that was funny. Like, I was such a jerk to him at some points. Like, and and he dealt with me being a jerk, which I think is why it was critical. Because I could have sat there being a jerk. And the fact that he wasn't being a jerk, I'm like, there's no reason for me to be angry at myself. Like, let's just get going. And I think that was the biggest key. Like, just his even keel, mental balance, you know, like, just kept making me get back to the place where I knew I should be. Because that's the place where I want to be anyways, right? Like, I don't want to be sitting there thinking this is miserable. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking it was miserable, like, oh, my God, what a slog. It was more like, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing great. Look at how this thing went wrong. Look at how that thing went wrong. Boy, I could have did better there. And that's not, you know, whether that's five minutes, it's still a long five minutes that way. Right. So he's there acting as kind of like a grounding force for you, keeping you Mm, at least focused and not, um, not getting caught up in that melancholy. Yeah. yeah, and just like, you know, or whatever, just making like a, a comment, you know, like he wants to tell a story, and I'm like, okay, go ahead, tell a story, <laughs> you know, or he wants to ask me a question, and I, and I, either I answer the question completely, or I don't, but like, yeah, definitely grounding, just br- bringing it back, to like, why are we here? Like, his pure excitement all day of wanting to get out on the course and run. Yeah. Like, every single eight He was station. raring to go. Yeah, every single... And that's the thing. Like, you, you know, you don't... I don't like to think that I need to be reminded about the joy of running, but, like, I think sometimes you do. Mm-hmm. You know? So... And if, yeah, if there's any point you need it, it's 14 hours into a race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was funny, the first, like, two hours, he kept saying, uh, he would say something, um, oh, I was, like, taking off my pack to readjust, and he's like, can I hold that for you? I'm like, nope, can't hold it. And he's like, uh, hey, I got a gel, do you want a gel? I'm like, nope, can't have it. You know, I'm like, would you stop trying to help me? I'm tired of telling you no, you know, but, um, it was, he was just so excited, and that just kept reminding me that that's, I was that excited five hours ago. Why can I not be that excited now? Right. So, anyways, that's cool. fun. All right, so um, the, the, for me, whenever I'm finishing a long race or even a short race uh, that sucks a lot is uh, when, I, when I can hear, when I can hear the people at the finish line, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross the line. I'm going to be done. I'm going to eat a lot of food, drink some beer, um, and then I kind of get that, that, a wave of relief. Um, did you experience that wave of relief at all? And like, where did you feel it uh, coming into the finish? Well, Laura, did you experience that wave of relief at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because I didn't want to be the first one to say that. No. There was no wave of relief okay. at all. Because the going across that ridge, there are downhills on that ridge, even though it's supposed to be a ridge. So those were miserable. <laughs> the ridge runs past the finish line. That's pretty evil to like be like, wait, I want to go down there. And like, that's not, and so there was a point, yeah, when we finally, I mean, there's a really cool spot where you are on top of the ridge and you come out onto the field. And there's a moon. There's a, that's all that's in the sky is this absolutely giant moon. And you just were like, okay, I'll just stay here. You know, like I, I don't need the other two miles. I'll just hang out and stare at this moon. And they're like, no, I gotta go. 
so there's no relief even there. Like you want to just stare at this giant moon and just hang out. Um, and then you go back into the woods and you're like, wait, I was supposed to be getting to the road. Why am I going back into the woods if I should be getting to the road? And then you get to the road and you're like, okay, where's this new trail? Let's see what this new trail is all about. And you're like, this is the new trail, really? Downhill switchbacks, the bane of my absolute existence at this point. Like, I would have just taken Winding Stair Road. I could have just threw myself down, rolled, and been at the finish line. Instead, I got to do switchbacks. And so, like, I got a long stick and I got a short stick. And I put the long stick on the downhill side, and then we turn the switchback. I hobble around the switchback. I switch my sticks, hobble around the switchback. And these switchbacks are, like, miserable. And there's, I don't know, a hundred of them on this stupid downhill. Um... And you keep looking for, like, so at one point I'm like, I'm, I'm telling Dave, I'm like, Dave, how close are we to Winding Stair Road? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you got your phone. You got your Strava going. Just look and tell, do we run past Winding Stair Road? He's like, I don't know. Let's just, we're almost there. Let's just, and I'm like, fine. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Whatever. We got to be there soon. It was just like, yeah, there was a sense of urgency. I think when it, when it really hit was, there was somebody, when I got on the winding stair road and I'm kind of running down, a headlamp popped out of the woods behind me. And I'm like, wow, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. There were two guys that started, left the aid station before me, started um, towards the climb, and they missed the turn. And I pointed them, like, guys, it's back over here. And so they um, ran ahead of me, got to the climb ahead of me, but then I passed them, and I never saw them again. Mm -hmm. And only a single headlamp was behind me, so I was, like, really confused. I, I didn't see any headlamps for the entire climb of Mount Washington all the way across the ridge until I got to the road. Then I saw one behind me, and Dave's like, oh, there it is. It's a race. And I'm like, mm-mm, it's not a race. <laughs> no, we, all we have left is a downhill. It's not a race. <laughs> um, and then we start going down the switchbacks, one, two, and the guy finally passes me. And when he passes me, like, maybe halfway down the triathlon, He's cruising. He's got walking sticks, and he's just flying. And I'm like, why did it take him so long to pass me? Like, he passed me, and then I didn't see him anymore. Like, he was just gone. And I'm like, what's going on there? But um, at some point down the trail, like, all of a sudden, there's all sorts of headlamps on this trail going down. And it's... and start to see cars going on the road and I'm like okay it's getting close and Dave's like dude everybody's on this trail right now it's gonna totally be a hot finish <laughs> and I'm like okay let's go <laughs> and um then Bertrand must have like I don't think he heard us because I don't think I was saying anything but Matt Bertrand yells up he's like is that O'Brien and I'm like yeah that's me Woo! and then I start swearing <laughs> at the trail and, and I'm like See, I say stupid things when I run. Matt's, like, all happy that I'm behind him, and I'm like, yeah, screw this trail, F that, F this, F this, I hate this trail, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, I just, I shut up and go, you know? And at that point, I think it was like, okay. I, I Again, I wanted to run fast. I had the energy, I had the will, and every single step downhill, my knee was, like, just jumping out. Um... And then we came out to the road, and I'm like, okay, there's the road. And I honestly don't remember much about the road except for going, of course Egan's at the finish line. Of course he is. <laughs> right. Like, where else would Eric Egan be? Um, and uh, How far out did you hear him? <laughs> I didn't know it was him, actually, until 
until he yelled, what's your number or what's your name? Cause like, I heard a bunch of people say like runner coming in and I just kind of yelled out my number. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard Egan go, what's your name? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I didn't expect that, you know? And then, yeah, I come running up to him and I realized I had my two stupid sticks. So I threw those to the side. He complained to me later. He's like, yeah, I had to pick those up. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever, you know? And then, yeah, I like kind of crossed the finish line and like I was done. Like it just kind of was like, oh, I could stop. And it might be the first finish line where I actually remembered to like stop my watch. Cause like I was done. Yeah. Okay. Right. But stop. It's a, uh, it was a pretty significant stopping point. Well, know? it was, but it was also just like, yep. Not, uh, not running anymore. That's and the only thing you're thinking about. That was, well, that was it. I just yeah. like, kind of, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And then like everybody around and I'm like, oh yeah, there's people here. That's right. It's the finish line. There's people hanging out. But yeah, the first thing was like, oh. And it's that, it's that thing that I've, I've had at so many of these long trail races where I'm like, yeah, dummy, it wasn't so bad. Why just spend the whole damn last half of it complaining? I had that at a uh, damn good trail race last year. I was so angry at the end of that race that I spent five miles just whining inside of my head. Just whining. And I was like, well, it's over now. You, you missed out enjoying the last five miles of that run. And this one, I don't think I missed out enjoying it. Um, it's just, you know, you try to... I try not to beat myself up about the places where my head goes and just try to, you know, this is where my head is right now. It's where it's going to go. You know, it's not that you're consciously thinking these things or anything like that, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, like, you're doing a thing that you love. People are there to support you doing the thing you love. You get to just run in the woods all day. Like, that's what you're doing. You you wanted this and you got it. Like Yeah. Well, how could you be so, you know, like, how could you be so upset with getting exactly the thing you want? I think I could probably explain why. <laughs> because it sucks and hurts a lot. <laughs> it does, but it doesn't. But it does, right? Yeah. Uh, it's frustrating. Like, you know, and I know everybody goes through that. And that's the other thing is like, oh, you know, whether I, I you know, I kind of adopted this thing of like, don't, don't confuse fast with easy. You know, like, even the people that ran that thing in 13 hours still thought it was hard. Mm -hmm. Still had points where they were like, what is going on here? They just happened to do it in 13 hours instead of 17 hours and 43 minutes. 52 seconds. (laughs) He's counting. (laughs) All right, so um, I've seen seen a few people talk about uh, when they cross the finish line, Kind of uh, same thing or similar thing you were saying where it didn't it didn't necessarily you didn't feel like a rush of joy or anything you would just um, stop running do you think when you cross that line that um, that anything like changed for you did you feel that you would like um, turn over a new page in a book or um, become a different person after that experience? Or? Well, I don't, you know, I think the thing is, though, it, not that there wasn't a big, giant rush of joy at the end of the race, because there was. It just didn't come 
from crossing the finish line. Right. It wasn't me having completed the race. That wasn't like, okay, you know, this is in a giant epiphany and everything's great. But then you see all of the other people that also completed the race with you. People that you know you ran thousand miles with, hundreds of hours just, you know, running. And they went through the same thing. And you're super happy that they finished. And then you see them and they're super happy that you finished. And you're both really happy. And then that's when that comes, like we did a thing, you know? And I think that that to me was far more significant than like me crossing the finish line in 15 hours or 17 hours or, you know, 18 hours in one minute. It Like there's a whole bunch of people here um, that are excited, um, heartfelt, like, heartfelt congratulations went around that we all did this thing and that was that was, to me was the moment of joy you know friends from vermont came friends from jay new york my my wife was there my daughter's still awake at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> my son's like dad i knew it i'm going to sleep i knew you're gonna make it um like seeing matt like matt had matt went into the race with one leg and and he finished and knowing what laura went through all day, seeing Laura all day long, just, you know, not, it, it was so weird for me to see Laura, like, not, not flying past me and being gone, but then flying past me and then me catching her, and then flying past me again, and, catch, and it was such a weird thing for me to see her so many times in a race, because I don't see her during the race, I don't see Laura. Like, I say, okay, have a great race, Laura. And then I see her at the finish line. But to know what everybody went through, to know like every time I, so one way to know when you're getting close to a, um, an aid station or a trail crossing is because you see Mr. and Mrs. Green there, <laughs> smiling and cheering and taking your picture. And the fact that you know that they're out there simply because you know they want to be part of the community and support people. And you know, to, to go into an aid station and go, so how's Jeff doing? And everybody go, oh, Jeff's he's doing great. He's right there, you know, and like, and Strat goes, oh, do it for me. And But to have everybody at that finish line at the end, that's where I think that that joy sort of, um, it doesn't, it doesn't go, hey, are you ready for this? Are you ready to be happy? No, it just smacks you in your damn head and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're happy right. and you don't know what the hell your body's doing and, you know, weird things are leaking out of your eyes for no good reason. And you're just super happy. And for me, I was I was more happy for that piece than than you know me finishing it, which yeah. I think is weird, but it's not because I think that's why we do it. So the idea that we finish rather than me finish. Yeah, yeah. and and did I like? I don't know. Is there a new page in the book? I I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I did that thing. That was pretty hard, and that was cool. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, though. Like, I didn't feel, like, instantly, like, I'm an ultra runner. Look at me. I run ultras. Ha-ha. <laughs> See my shiny cape? Like, I didn't, I didn't feel any of that stuff, you know? Um, but the next day, like, I kind of was like, you know, yeah. I mean, we didn't have any different conversations at lunch 
than than we would have, right? I think <laughs> kind of just you know ate more food than we would have. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it puts it puts things into perspective a little bit. You know, um, I think you things that seem hard maybe seem less hard. You know, and things that you you think are difficult, um, you you realize like that's there are far bigger problems in the world than having to go run. Yeah. You know, so I think that's to me it's it's each one of these big long runs just gives me a new sense of perspective. So. Yeah, I think that that's similar for a lot of people. Um, before we get too far away, I wanted to ask Laura if it was weird for her to see Chris throughout the entire day. You know, he said he's used to just, um, you know, seeing her at the starting line and then at the finish line. But so what was it like to see, have Chris around all day? It wasn't weird. It was, I would see him when I was dying going uphill and he would just be crushing it. <laughs> it wasn't weird, she says. I don't, I didn't think it was weird. It was cool that we were all so close. We train together, we kind of finish together. Yeah, I think that, and it, I think it's very fitting that um, that we did, sort, especially in the early, you know, early miles, kind of keep crossing paths a lot. The later miles, I did not expect it at all. Like, I am, and I kept saying, like, okay, as soon as uh, Laura gets going, that's going to be it for me, you know, <laughs> like, but... Weird things happen, you know? But it had to have been weird for you. Maybe you weren't, maybe you weren't busy thinking about that, but. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't remember it being weird, so. <laughs> okay, so, um, let's see. Um, oh yeah. So the, the, the accomplishment you felt for, um, or the, the joy you felt that, uh, everyone had gone through this together, everyone had, had finished uh, together, you know, that everyone was in it together, it was a big group effort. Do you think that that was um, a more potent feeling because it was Twisted Branch and because everyone had kind of, um, everyone had come together for this race and it had become a big, um, a big group thing that everyone in Rochester, or many people in Rochester had been a part of for so long? Like if it had been um, just another race, uh, or any other race where, you know, uh, you had a few other friends there and you all finished, would you have felt that, that same level of, um, enjoyment or was it special because it was Twisted Branch? Um, I think one part with, with this little, with this little group that we've formed, um, you know, uh, I think each race that we've attended together has been pretty special. I mean, only one of us ran Cayuga Trails, right? Only only Laura ran Cayuga Trails, but that was an extremely special day, right? There, mm -hmm. there. We followed her around the course all day. None of us ran. Matt, Matt got it out a sweaty mile. That's true. He did right? do a mile. Yeah. <laughs> the overpass, like he was like, that's the worst mile of my whole life. <laughs> but he's the only one that ran that day. None of us, none of us ran. It still was really special. It was a, it was a big day. Um, but I do think um, if this was generic race in generic city run by a generic race director, it wouldn't have been nearly as powerful. But nine-month buildup 
um, knowing what Scott had done, you know, and, and yeah, we had the benefit of getting the chat with Scott along the way, but knowing that there's 130 individual landowners that he had to negotiate with, like, and I'm guessing some of them aren't really up, you know, they're not there, one, because it's like their summer home or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in negotiating with a race director that wants 150 people to run through his backyard. Like, the, that piece, just knowing that he had to sit there and do all that, deal with the Finger Lakes Conference, permitting, planning, like, he, he like, three years of his life went into this. Understanding that he did that, understanding that there were, I don't know, how many, 100 volunteers that were coming down that weren't going to run. They were just going to stand in the sun all day and work and cut watermelons and like and deal with people coming in and going what there's no watermelon like yeah um just knowing that there's so many hundreds of spectators people that weren't volunteering were just coming down to hang out um all of that combined with uh, you know then you got a training group of people that you worked with for so long you know what's going into this race you know why the race is being put on that made it much you could think of it as something that can't possibly live up to the hype, right? Like nine months, there's no way this thing could live up to the hype. It went the other way. There's, this thing exceeded the hype by so much. Like it was moons and stars beyond where we thought it was gonna be. It wasn't just like, oh, hey, it was great. And there were no problems. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, this thing was, it was, Amazing that it exceeded nine months worth of buildup and hype and expectations and everybody talking about all the time and me like interjecting it in every conversation, you know, like, hey, you want to go for a ride? Yeah, well, hey, we just drove two hours, not as far as Twisted Branch course, <laughs> you know, like just every, every opportunity I had, I was talking about it. You know, and it exceeded all those expectations. It's and to to be a part of that, like that's why I signed up because I I didn't want to go. Oh, I don't I don't think I could do that, and you know, mm, oh boy, that's for other people. I wanted to be a part of this damn thing. You know, like I wasn't gonna miss out on this kind of party. Of course, then I missed out on the party because it took me seventeen forty-five to run it. But um, there were other parties. There were so many little parties along the way. Mm -hmm. Every big training run was a party. Every lunch after that huge training run was a party. You know, like there were parties all along the way up to this thing. That you know, it it was a big deal. Um, and again, it, it exceeded those expectations. And of course, you talk to Scott, and he's like, "I got a list a mile long of everything that's yeah, gonna get right. there." Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure because what happened when there was a problem, Scott fixed it so that we didn't see it, we didn't experience it. I'm sure there was a problem, but um, I didn't have that problem. Leading up to the race, during the race, you know, Scott was saying he had a few fires to put out during the race. Yeah. And like during I had no idea that any of that yeah. was going on. I guess a porta potty got delivered like a mile away from where it was supposed <laughs> to get delivered. You know, but um, whenever he handled all that, you know, like, yeah. So, you know, would it have been, you know, will will the next ultra be a great, wonderful, you know, life changing finish? I don't know, but 
if I do it with the right people, it will be, you know, and I think that's what's important. You do it for the right people, you do it with the right people for the right reasons, it's going to mean the right thing. If you just are like, you know, what, I, I don't know. I, I don't, it, it's weird to think like, well, what would it, what would be different if it was like, if I just, I went to say Skinny Atlas to run Jim's Ultra by myself. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be pretty miserable for most of Jim's Ultra. Like, because it's just a thing then that I'm doing. And that's not where, that's not where the meaning comes from, for me at least. Because, um, yeah, I did it. Yay. But it, that, I didn't get that kind of accomplishment when I did it, you know. I got the accomplishment when I saw that everybody else did it and everybody else saw that I did it and that was like the thing. So, I don't know. But yeah, it, this this was big for a lot of reasons, I think. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen the phrase world-class event um, thrown out there a few times and I, I haven't taken too long to think about what that means, but just at, at first blush, I think um, that's, that's not a... That's not too far, uh, too far from what I experienced. I, I thought it was one of the uh, most well-run races that I've I've been to, and um, yeah, it was it was definitely exceeded expectations. Yeah, and it's so hard to believe that it exceeded expectations. Yeah. like because the expectations were so high. Mm-hmm. They were so high, and I think because. Again, this this running community is so interesting in that there are very few people looking to take from it. Everybody really is looking to give into the community. And that's like, for me, that's a unique situation, I think. You know, there are other, there are other things where everybody's like, well, what's in it for me? And what, you know, like, uh, I finished and all I get is a stupid half a banana. Well, you know what? You got a half a banana, like, you know, but, um, I think everybody is looking for ways to contribute and make the pie bigger and add to it. And when you're doing that, you you set your expectations at one level and then everybody contributes and it just, you know, it just rises. And so I think that that's, to me, that's what, that's what made this bigger, you know, and Scott will say, oh, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Um, but yes, he did, mm-hmm. but I also do believe that he knew, he knew when to ask for help and he knew who to ask for help and they knew how to help and they wanted to help, you know, and I think that's what made it pretty amazing. So. I agree. It's my sense worth. All right. That's, that's a good sense. Um. How did you feel about the race, Laura? Did you think it exceeded your expectations, met them? Uh, yeah, definitely exceeded them. It's definitely, like we did the two preview runs and like each of those were 50K and they're each the hardest 50K I ever did. So like combining them, I knew it was going to be like the hardest thing I ever done. And it definitely was. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you did say this was, I think in, in, the, in the write-up that you said, you thought it was physically going to be the hardest day of your mm-hmm. life, but you had no idea it was emotionally going to oh, be yeah. the hardest day of your life. Emotionally, like mentally, it was way, way harder than any cramps I had or any breathing issues I had. 
just like lots of emotions <laughs> yeah it's weird how that like and and you didn't plan on that Mm-mm. right nope. like and that's the whole idea take what the day gives you you know and for me it was really hard like when i like i was running in i think it was like italy and one of the italy's i don't know which country it was in um mike had told me that strat had dropped and he's like strat drop he did something bad to his knee and all of a sudden i'm going what does strat do to his knee like what you know and then um and then at one point mike had said well you know everybody's here we're all going strong we're going to finish four out of five and i was like okay cool and I was like, where's Jeff? Oh, Jeff's, he's doing well. He's right back there. And then a little bit later, it was like, I had asked you, I was like, how's Jeff? And you're like, he's, uh, he's hanging in there. And I was like, oh, crap, that didn't sound good at all. <laughs> this, this from the lady of positivity, and it did not sound good at all. And I was like, oh, man. So then I started thinking about that. And then I was like, I was asking about, um, I was asking about where Sean's story was because I, I hadn't seen him. And I sort of expected to see him as I started realizing that, you know, he's going to be able to go downhill a lot faster than me. And I expect to see him. And so he's like, oh, Sean's back there. And I'm like, what does that mean that Sean's back there? I guess he's not up there. Uh, I know that. But, um, yeah, I started really getting, you know, just trying to make sure that everybody else was doing okay. And um, I just started, you know, like I said, I was worried about the kids being up late. I was worried about... You know, Shayna Feisner was at every single aid station. I was starting to worry that she might not be human. Like I started yeah, thinking, <laughs> I started thinking about everyone else and going, I wonder how their day's going. You know, and I was like, I, I do that a little bit. You know, I I always like to know how everyone's going. But yeah, I was I was having a lot of those uh, kind of ideas because I was a little cranky pants myself, and I wanted to make sure everybody else's day was going well. And I was like. How can I make their day better? <laughs> Probably not by bitching at them when they ask me a question. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when the when the emotions come up, what do you what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. just keep running. Exactly. Move your feet and lose your mind, right? Yeah, I thought it was move your feet, lose your seat. So. <laughs> no, huh. that's good. No. All right, so. Um, any other any other thoughts on the race? Anything significant uh, from the race itself that you uh, wanted to share? I'm sure there's so much, um, but um, I think one thing we didn't talk about is the. I mean, the course was super easy to follow, despite like it being you know sixty five sixty five miles. Um, <laughs> It, it was it was super easy to follow. I mean, the Bristol Hills branch is well marked to begin with, and then Scott had markings in all the right places. And um, yeah, I made one dumb turn, which I was saved by Mr. and Mrs. Green. I'm running down the road to this intersection, and I was like, we're not going to intersections. And out pulls a car, and he goes, you're going the wrong way. And I was like, yeah, why am I seeing you guys not on the trail? And then, so yeah, I made, I made one silly turn because I got to a road section and I was like, oh, this is that road run. So I just splashed a bunch of water on my head and got ready for the road run, but it wasn't, it was a street crossing. So, you know, that's it. That was my three quarter, uh, two thirds of a mile mistake, probably. It's not too bad in the grand scheme no, of things. No, not at all. Okay, cool. So, um... 
So for this this race, you went with your your classic classic getup, um, your blue shorts, your blue <laughs> and white singlet. Uh, you had the head buff, I believe. Did you have yep. a single wrist buff? Yeah, I had the wrist buff. And you had um, a vest, right? I had a yep, Scott Scott Jerk Ultimate Direction vest. So my my the thing that I really am interested in is you you've worn this for uh, many of your races this many. this summer. Yep. Now does this outfit have some sort of sentimental value to you? Like was it given to you by? Um, perhaps uh, a dying mentor, and you wear it in his memory now, or is it um, just what performs best for you? Um, the shorts are the, the shortest shorts allowed by law, so that's, you know, two and a half inch splits, that's all, like, they, they won't let you do two inches as far as I know. Um, and uh, the shirt is the, uh, it just works. I mean, it's not meant to be a sentimental thing. It's just, it's a North Face singlet that doesn't chafe, doesn't move, doesn't pull too tight. It just fits. Um, but it's the first ever, I think it, it might be the first ever thing I bought at Medved. Um, so it is old. It's like, it's, it, it's threadbare in a couple places, like around the neck and around the arms. And I'm really concerned that North Face doesn't make it anymore and I won't be able to get one and it's going to be gone. Um, but yes, I'll still wear the heck out of it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's functional. I'm almost always um, function over fashion. The Ultimate Direction vest is just, it fits. It's, it's got everything I need, pockets and places. And, and the buff is, um, it's a half buff. And um, it is so multi-purpose. Um, I, it keeps, I sweat a lot, so it keeps sweat out of my eyes. Um, I run it through streams and, you know, drag water on my face, and it's a washcloth, it's a sweatband. The wrist buff is new. I'm not so sure I love the wrist buff quite yet. Um, I, I kept a, uh, I keep a buff in the vest pocket, and that's really for blowing all the nasty boogers out of my nose. Um, but the wrist buff this time was, uh, I wanted to see if like maybe um, I don't know why I wore it. I think because I, I expected that I would be sweatier, even though I'm walking most of the time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's functional. It's comfortable. And it it actually matches, as was pointed out. By, so my wife is like, "You got to change this outfit." I got too many pictures of you in this outfit. Mm -hmm. However. When she saw one of the first pictures of me in this outfit, she's like, hey, finally, the first picture where you match. So, since then, I've been matching. But now, apparently, I don't know. Variety apparently, over. Apparently, the Yankees uniform is, you know, um, classic, and my uniform is old. Oh, so you gotta get that. What you have to do is start uh, distributing, distributing it. Um, to to young people and have them wear it everywhere. Yeah, and then it'll become classic, right? Yeah, exactly. And young people wearing split shorts. Yeah, to dance clubs and like, <laughs> to clue what, soda soda bars, wherever the young kids hang out now. Is yeah. <laughs> you would know that. Hey, behind the mic, no one knows how old you are, Christopher. <laughs> um, I I do think like I mean I've worn orange shorts with that shirt. I have an orange pair of split shorts. 
Um, they just are, they, they, I don't know, they're the same exact model shorts, but they wear differently, so. Eh, whatever. I didn't wear that today for today's race. That's I right, went, I was very surprised. I went all black today. I was trying to be stealth so Laura couldn't find me in the woods. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was jarring. <laughs> I I saw I felt like you know I I wasn't seeing a lot more um, uh, skin than usual, but it still felt <laughs> jarring. I was like I think I can see like some of Chris's chest. This is like you know like man, that's just more of Chris's chest. Well, it's because I'm white. It's because <laughs> I'm extremely white. That's why. Um, and I also didn't wear the buff today. I wore the visor. Keep the rain out of the eyes. That's right. That's right. But that visor is pretty sweet too. That visor and the buff are somewhat interchangeable. Cool. But anyways, yeah, that's that's my whole deal. Soft flask, soft flask rock. Nice and soft and flasky. Yeah, I have, I do, I think it you is do. your you soft do. flask that I have. And so in comparison, if we just talked about all of my gear, Jeffrey, you wore a pair of shorts. I did, yeah, now, I wore a pair of shorts, now. just like you. You also wore a pair of yeah. shorts. I wore things in addition to a pair of shorts. I had a pocket, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> your shorts had one pocket in yes. them. In, in which, which I put your soft flask. Yep. So you had shorts and a soft flask. And is that I is that some sort a, of like... Um, I had a singlet, too. So do you bring absolutely nothing on the trail with you as like a show of force? Like, is that a machismo? Like, oh, it absolutely is uh, bravado. As, yeah. as an incredibly arrogant individual, I, I like to show people I'm better than them because I don't <laughs> carry anything with me on yeah. the trail. That is 100%... Uh, the goal there. And I like at points, at some points, like, you're like, yeah, I'll wear this shirt. And then, like, suddenly the shirt's gone. And you're like, yeah, look, I don't even have to wear a shirt. <laughs> yeah, when it becomes 90 degrees and I'm worried that I'm going to die from heat stroke, I will remove the shirt. You take off the... As a safety precaution. You take off the half ounce of Tequik. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you got to do whatever you can to save your life, Chris. I, I guess. I mean, whatever. If that's, <laughs> I'm just wondering because I mean we're talking about my vest, mm -hmm. my helmet, my arm pads, and everything. I mean, you know? well, how much more did you have than me? You had a vest. That was pretty much it. And I even had a soft flask. Very similar I had, to you. I had um. I had double the amount of soft flasks that you had. That's true. If you count the bladder to triple the soft flask. Oh, I didn't know you had a bladder too. Oh yeah, you better believe it, dude. I brought yeah. everything. That's good. All, my whole closet. Yeah. And that worked. Yeah, it worked. Go. It did the thing. Okay, so um, I, I know this is going to be a long list, but um, the morning after, the morning after the race, um, you go through. Give me the laundry list. The list of all the pains that you had. My knee. Okay. My, my knee was the biggest pain. That was the biggest thing. Is that the only one? Uh, the second pain was that you would not allow me to pay for lunch. That was a giant pain. That was more of an emotional, okay. Yeah, yeah, that Two was pains. still a pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure, my ankle was a bit creaky. It had nothing to do with my inability to pay for lunch, though. I could have still paid for lunch even with a bad knee. And so I'm in three pains. How many more pains did you have, Christopher? Um... I, when I went into the water from the beach, I did step on like a really sharp rock. Okay. So unrelated that, to the race. 
Well, I mean, it was pain. You asked about the pain. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I guess it shouldn't be picky. Yeah, right. I mean, it was really. I was quite surprised. I was. I was really surprised at how how good I felt the day after. And I figured that's because I took my sweet ass time and went nice and easy throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the knee was just real jerky. Um, the right knee was the big pain the whole time, which meant the left knee was doing extra work. And so the left knee was a little bit, a little bit sore. Um, but you know, that I don't want to add to the whole thing of running, you know, kills your knees. Cause it, that, um, it's more about just the extended long downhills on that course. Sure. You know, and that's Which, what happened. Yeah. Which you ran. Yeah. And so. it's, you know, it's not like it's the end of the world on my knee. I ran up and down hills today and mm -hmm. it was fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really, I had right ankle, um, right knee, tiny bit of left knee, and one giant pain in my ass that insisted on paying for lunch. I had to treat you, Chris. I had to treat you for your monumental achievement. You did. You did treat me, all right. Okay, so um, the the one thing that I love that you do in all of your podcasts is you ask your guests what's next for them. So that's I would like to do that now for you. After Twisted Branch, this monumental achievement, um, towering uh, something you know that, that took so long to accomplish, how are you going to top that? <laughs> top it. Um, I'm going to run Andy Frank's Ossian Mountain Run. Ten hours ago? <laughs> ten, ten hours ago. Um, yeah, I guess it was seven hours ago. Oh. I did that. That was pretty neat. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I actually, that was a big achievement for me. Like, two weeks out, I wasn't sure how that was going to go, and it went well, so that was a big deal. Good. Um, yeah. Congratulations to you, crushing all the 20 to 29 year olds that were there. Oh yeah, I think I was the only one. Um, perhaps Laura, Laura crushing all the 20 to 29 year olds. Yep, that that's probably destroyed all of them. Uh, you crushed all the 30 to 39 year olds. No, no, no double dipping is allowed, and so therefore, well, Weldon is Mr. in a league of Yes, he is certainly, yeah. but he's also a 30 to 39 year old. That's true. So you, he doesn't act it. <laughs> Granted, <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, yeah, so I did that. Uh, I, based on how I wake up tomorrow and if things work, I may travel down to Pennsylvania to do the Green Monster Trail Challenge, which is a um, small little 50K with um, a little bit of climbing in it. Um, I won't be doing Water Gap with all the cool kids, so i got to find out some way to... Um, be able to talk about how far I run still. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I don't know. I think, you know, Twisted Branch registration probably comes up in December. Probably going to be uh, a thing that I click the button for. Round two. And then, yeah, start the training cycle again. Um, I uh, Part of me is thinking instead of, instead of the Sega Honda Cayuga Trails, uh, Sega Honda um, Ontario Summit. Maybe I might look at Cayuga Trails. Maybe. I really like Ontario Summit though. Yeah. In a like hate sort of way. That I think that would actually be an interesting uh, 
an interesting double weekend to do to review Ontario Summit and KU Trails. You know they're the day after each other. Yes. <laughs> I could always do the half at Ontario Summit. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I could do what you did too, just hang out and volunteer. That too. is true. That would be probably pretty neat. That worked pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Um, but yeah, I think I think I don't know how I could say no to Twisted Branch again next year. If if Scott'll have me back, I don't know how I can say no. <laughs> Somebody tells me you are a model model participant and he will be happy yeah, to have you. Yeah, if he wants to stay out there all day, <laughs> I'm a model participant. Um, yeah, I think that's it. You know, I, I like I like the farther, not faster kind of mentality. Um, I like I you know, I might do I can't see, you know, I know some some crazy pants people talking about hundred milers already. Um I think I'll, you know, dabble in 100Ks for a little while and just kind of get used to that, you know. I ran three, four, five marathons before I ran 100K. So, run a couple 100Ks. I gotta, you know, I gotta put life back together again and mm -hmm. uh, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I like going out for really long runs and I can't, I can't see doing less of that. So, cool. All right, um, that that's pretty much it, I guess. Um, do you have any other thoughts, Laura? Any questions you have for Chris? I don't think so. Yeah, they can't see you shake your people can't see you shake your head. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking my head. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you very much for for letting me talk to you. Uh, this this show that you've that you put on is, uh, I think, a wonderful project and a good way to bring the Rochester community closer together. So thank you very much for doing that. Oh, thank you. Um, it's not, it's not, um, it's not easy sitting there asking somebody a bunch of questions. So I appreciate it. Now I know. Yeah. That's why I didn't do it for so long. <laughs> I mean, who am I to sit around and ask questions, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a fun weekend. I'm glad that we all got to do it, you know, and I think what Davin said, regardless of the result, um, the individual result, I think the collective result was absolutely huge. So, yeah, you know, for absolutely. everybody that was there, it, you know, everybody added to the pie and it, it's just, it's a very big pie now. So, um, we, I don't think anybody should be disappointed in how that weekend went, except for Scott McGee, of course, he's welcome to be disappointed because <laughs> it's, it's his own creation, but we can tell him over and over again that he shouldn't be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> But wait, there's more. If you made it this far, you deserve a little bit of exciting bonus content. The extra, the director's cut, the behind the scenes. Um, well, you see that no one else that's been referred to um, that was in the room in uh, Green Family Studios with us, that was none other than Marie or uh, Mrs. Green or Jeff's mom, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, when we were done recording, she really, I guess, found Jeff's interview skills lacking, and uh, she had to get the full scoop, you know, the word on the street, if you will. So listen up as Marie grills me and Laura as I pack up the recording gear. Bum, bum, bum. 
All right, I have a couple post-podcast questions. <laughs> okay. So you could have jumped in. <laughs> when you uh, sign up for Twisted Branch next year, this is for all three of you, and you start thinking about your training and this and that, what, what worked for your training? What, what would you do the same? What would you do differently? Probably, like, the back-to-back -back long runs are always good, like, on weekends. So Saturday, 30 miles, Sunday, 30 miles, that kind of thing? Usually like, like maybe 20, 20 or, yeah, or, 20, maybe, or maybe 35, 15 or... I think that might be one thing that I'd like to do is do, I was doing my first two 50Ks. I did 50K and then five miles. Mm. I think, uh, you know, at the same time, Laura was doing 15, I was doing five. Um, and that's because I needed to build up I think next year I would I would want to do a little bit more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think same thing. Just be a little more diligent with the long runs. As both of these guys can attest, I was uh, a wimp sometimes <laughs> on, on the long runs. I'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not good. I'm I'm good yeah, with like a wimp, a wimp on the long runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me just go get a gel and I'll go bang out this 50k with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and for me, it's really, we don't have that kind of terrain around here, you know, right. and for me, getting out there onto that stuff more, right. I mean, we have Menden, and I think, honestly, I got very comfortable with the challenge of Menden. Mm. I love it. It's hard. It's mm. challenging, but it's not that, you know, right. and I got really, I was like, oh, I'll go do 20 miles at Menden. Yeah, that's, it stopped being hard. That's know? a really good point. Mm -hmm. And so. another thing I wanted to ask you, Chris, was how did you get into running in the first place? Oh. How, how old were you and what were you doing? That's a long story. That's another podcast. <laughs> but um, I started running in high school. I ran cross country in high school. Um, but... I didn't, I mean, I ran it, and my high school coach, as embracing as he was, he kind of said, like, yeah, you, um, you should just be a recreational runner. Like, apparently I didn't have that competitive fire that he was looking for. Um, and I ran throughout high school, and I ran um, into college a little bit, and I sort of, college had sort of faded. Um, and I didn't... I didn't really, I started playing like intramural soccer and I started doing other things and really I was at college to be at college and so I had a hard enough time like learning and doing all the, you know, comp sci coursework and everything and um, kind of just sort of faded out and uh, then got married, had kids and then one day I was like, I'm going, I'm going to go for a run, you know, and my wife was like, you don't run. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, I've dated you, we've bought a house, we're married, and you don't think I'm a runner? I'll show you, I'm going running. But yeah, for like 10 years, I didn't run. Um, and I never thought of myself as not a runner, I just didn't run. Um, which is weird, because most people would say you're not a runner if you don't run. You know, I'm not a car mechanic, I don't fix cars, you know? Um, and so it just, uh, I just started running. Um, I would because it got to like I mean, we had two-year-old twins, and I would go to work, and I would come home and I would take care of the kids, and I'd hang out with my wife for a little while, and I'd go to bed. 
And I do it again the next day, and I'm like, oh, that's it, huh? Well, okay, hang up, <laughs> hang up life, it's all done. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, no, I'm gonna go run. Um, one day I decided, like, I, I was running through my neighborhood, because I would always do the runs after the kids went to bed. And um, I was, like, running through the neighborhood, and I'm like, oh, I'll go try this way, because uh, I hadn't run that way before. And I came out on this intersection that was five miles from my house, and I had already run five miles. My normal runs were about five miles, and I'm like, oh, crap. Well, I get, my wife can't come get me because she's home with sleeping kids, and uh, it's getting cold. I could walk home, but it's late. <laughs> so I ran home, and it was easier. The second five miles were easier than the first five. And I got to my street, and it was like, I think I was at like 11.5 miles or something. And I was like, well, I could go run out and back another mile and I'd run a half marathon. And I was like, well, n nobody accidentally runs a half marathon, you dummy. So just go home. And I got home and it was like 12 miles. And I was like, I could have <laughs> just ran another mile and I would have had a half marathon. And, um, and then I was like, well, why the hell don't I just go run a half marathon? Like, what's the big deal? And then so, you know, and I was like, well... Yeah, whatever. And then my buddy Joe was like, dude, uh, we should sign up for the Rochester Marathon. And I was like, okay. And so, because June was just coming up, and I'm like, if I'm going to sign up, I need to sign up now to get the training in. So I sent him an email. I'm like, I signed up. He's like, yeah, I'm not running it. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> sure. You know? And um, so then I, yeah, just started doing that. But yeah, it took, um, you know, only 10 years of not running to remember that I was a runner. And so then I thought we were done and I started putting away the equipment and I stopped the recording. But really what she had just done was dispatched me. Mrs. Green was not finished with her line of questioning. She turned her eyes on Laura and it was all I could do to actually get the recording button pushed. Um, so here's what I caught. Unfortunately, you'll notice it ends pretty early because I had to go. Because I was backing up the equipment and what have you. But it's still pretty darn good. You had an incredible tough time with cramping. Yeah. <laughs> and so when that would happen, what do you do? What I mean, you, you literally, I assume you literally <laughs> sit down and try to... Flex. What do you do? What do you physically I usually, do? I think I like just rolled around on the ground and like clutched my legs and cried. So you can't. So it's not like you can flex your foot or it's nothing you physically try to do. You just wait the cramp out. Yeah, I think I might have like tried to like pull my foot to like stretch it out or something, mm -hmm. but yeah, nothing really you can do. But I like I would press on where it was cramping or oh god, just wait for it to go away. Oh. I just can't imagine that. And like when I would try to stretch it out, like something else would start cramping. Um, mm -hmm. So, and this is a really <laughs> weird question. I'm sorry, but like, how long does it last? Does it last like 20 seconds? Does it last two minutes? Does it, you know, or is it just does it vary on how yeah. long it's going to be? Like in other words, when you you say, oh, you know, cramp, it's another cramp. Mm -hmm. Are you sort of thinking, okay, well, this is just going to this is going to last 30 seconds, or no, this is going to last yeah. two minutes, Do you, or never, it's just different. It's always different, I think. Oh my god, yeah. that's just so awful. Yeah, yeah. just no... It would destroy me. <laughs> no. Oh like, my god. Just, there's no way. 
Wow. <laughs> so, so then, so then the cramping at some point would pass, mm -hmm. and you'd get up, yep. and you still must have had residual after each cramp because your mm -hmm. legs just aren't okay, ready to go again. You've got yeah, they'd be like tight or something even yeah. after, right? Yeah, you'd usually be sore or tight. Mm -hmm. And so then, would running um, loosen you up mm -hmm. a little bit? Yeah, once Until I the next going. Time. Yeah. God. Until we started climbing and then like the climbing like when my foot was flexible like started to cramp something. Yeah. And is it is an interesting, you know, Chris's tough times were the downhills. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah, yours were the uphills just just because of the mighty maybe hitting something and have mm -hmm. having it set off a cramp. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, between the two of us, we were, we were very stabbing. Oh, yeah. You had a <laughs> yeah, nice definitely. balance there between the two of you. Uh, and something you said, Chris, um, in your one of your answers. One of my extended monologues. No, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. But um, you said something about, I was just thinking about how everybody else was doing. And that's one of the first things you said, Jeff. Like, just out of the blue. We, we hadn't even asked you. You were just, you were sitting... And then you said, oh man, I can't wait to hear everybody's stories. They're gonna be so great. And I, I can't wait to find out how so-and-so did. And you were like so excited thinking about everybody else. And that is such a cool thing. I think you all obviously share is that um, camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is, I, it's, there's a lot, yeah. You almost at times want, and I mean, I don't know, sorry Jeff, just jumping in here, but you almost at times, if you're having a horrible, terrible day, it's more important to you that your friends are doing well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I felt so much better when, like, we saw you guys and you could tell us that Jeff was still, like, moving and mm -hmm. still doing good. I'm like, I feel better. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty, uh, pretty crappy hearing everybody dropping out on my phone. I just can't imagine how crushing that is because you worked months and months and months and Chris, you, talk, you talked about it would enter into so many of your conversations. I mean, it, it wasn't just another race. And I just felt so bad for like Josh Brett and oh, yeah. I'm sure others I don't know, but just how that's gotta be a big disappointment initially and then you move on to the next. Oh yeah? yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was actually really like positive. He liked hanging out at the AC. Oh, well, that's that good. To doesn't hear. surprise me that. <laughs> so he had fun. Even he was yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it wasn't a grilling, but it it was an insightful and skilled line of questioning, no doubt. Right? Um, apparently, you know who the host of this show is going to be going forward. Uh, there's just, there's really no comparison between mine or Jeff's or even Mort Nace from episodes 11, episode 11's, uh, interview session. Uh, Mrs. Green, uh, just, she just has got the skills. So I'll be, uh, shipping my microphone and my, uh, brand new, uh, pop filter over to Mrs. Green so she can continue on the uh, amazingly long tradition of running Inside Out podcast. So thanks for that. Um, but now I guess it's time for me to wrap up the show. 
one last time before I hand it all over. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you so much for sharing with your friends. Huge shout out to everyone that participated in the contest. Um, the, the sharing and the liking of the page, the iTunes comments, um, it's really actually, it's, it's at a very minimum generated a lot of feedback to me. So I've really appreciated it. And it sounds like the, the words getting out there. Plus, I mean, Emily thanks you all so that it was actually a real competition for her to win this entry. Um, so thank you for sharing. Continue to um, like us on Facebook if you haven't. Rate the show on iTunes. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, tweet us on Twitter at RunInsideOut. Use the feedback form on the website. But most importantly, get out there and keep creating these brand new stories for us to tell. Um, and with that, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.